Thank you for listening to the Lucy Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about us or to find other sermons and resources from us, visit our website at lucybaptist.com. Well, how's everybody doing? Good, good. <laughs> oh man, I'm, you can't hear it, but my teeth are chattering. <clears throat> Um, well, like I said, tonight we are going to continue in our series in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. So if you would, open your, open your Bible and um, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And tonight we are considering verse 7. It's been a few weeks last time we, we looked at this uh, chapter, a gem actually led us through verse 6. So tonight we're considering verse 7. In, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, it's very simple. It just says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So throughout this series, we've, we've talked a lot about what it means to be blessed. And I know many of you have been here for a lot of this, so I want to turn the tables around and kind of ask you what you remember from, from what we talked about. What, is it, what does it mean to be blessed? Somebody jump on in. Tell me what you think. Sounds like happy. So, uh-huh. Happy. Mm-hmm. Good favor. Mm-hmm. To be congratulated. That's a good way of putting it. Uh huh. Yes, deep joy. Good. Yeah, all really good answers. Yeah, and and happy is a good translation. But um, like like you said, Jim, it's a deep joy. So the, some sometimes we use the word happy in a sort of flippant way, you know. Um, but this really isn't that kind of happiness. It's really more like what we would use the word joy to describe. It's a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment that comes from the Lord. But yeah, good answers. Um, so some, something else that we've talked a lot about just throughout this chapter is the importance of character. Uh, all really, all of, the bat, all of the Beatitudes are about character traits. You know, all the ones we've looked at so far, and that's no, uh, there's, tonight's no exception to that. Uh, you know, things like being poor in spirit, mournful, meek, and hungry and thirsty for righteousness. These, these are all modes of being that reflect the character of Christ. Um, they're character traits that, that look like Jesus. And tonight, the character trait that we're commended in this verse is that of mercy. Uh, it's being merciful, or as some people put it, full of mercy, mercy-filled. Uh, you know, a simple way to think about mercy, I'm sure that you probably all have heard this, many of you at least, that to be merciful to someone is to spare them from the consequences of something that they deserve. Um, you know, we've, we've thought about what the difference is between grace and mercy. And just as a simplified way of putting it, that would be a good way to think about it, that mercy is sparing a person from negative consequences they deserve, but grace would be just pouring out on someone uh, good things that they don't deserve. Um, so there's sort of two sides of the same coin in that sense. Mercy is uh, compassion, 
comes, it flows out of compassion for someone. Mercy does. Um, it's uh, to, you know, it leads to forgiveness, things like that. I'm sure that we all have stories of ways that we've been shown mercy. But I want to kind of turn to another chapter in Matthew and just read a biblical story about uh, an example of mercy and forgiveness. So I think it really kind of illustrates um, what this verse is trying to say when it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let's, let's turn together to Matthew chapter 18. I just want to read a story from Scripture that really helps to illustrate what this verse is about here. So Matthew chapter 18 We are going to start in verse 23. Matthew 18, 23, Jesus is telling a story. It's a parable of the unforgiving servant. And in, in verse 23, it says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. So this man's debt wasn't just extended so it could be paid back later, right? He didn't refinance his mortgage. Uh, It was forgiven completely. It was wiped out. The master uh, told him he could go free, that he didn't have to repay it. And and this, you know, we often, we don't really know how to think about things like talents, you know, 10,000 talents. I've heard that it might be the equivalent of like over a million dollars in our kind of uh, money. So this is a big, steep, steep debt that this guy was forgiven. So he was shown great mercy, right? But as I'm sure you know, the story doesn't end there. So reading on after that verse and starting in 28 again, so it says, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So I really, I think this parable um, really beautifully illustrates uh, what this beatitude is about. It's a very simple way of putting it, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. But uh, putting that uh, saying with a story really helps you to kind of see that in action, right? Um, the servant who owed a huge debt to this master was shown great mercy, but he himself did not show mercy. He was not full of mercy. He wasn't merciful. And so he turned around and demanded payment from 
someone else who owed him. And because of that, he really, in the end, did not end up getting mercy from the master. Because he was not merciful, he wasn't, in the end, shown that mercy. And I think it's an apt uh, illustration of what Scripture commends to us as servants of the Lord, that we should be full of mercy because we have been shown such great mercy. Um, You know, the promise of this beatitude is not just that you have to show mercy in order to get it. It's that the kind of person who really will receive the king's mercy is the kind of person whose heart has been changed to reflect the character of the king. Um, It's not that we show mercy to get it. It's that the Lord has shown us such mercy that it changes our hearts, that we become merciful, that we show mercy because we have been shown mercy. And this story we've just read is really showing the opposite of that. The person who was shown such a great mercy was not changed by it. He was not filled with mercy when he was shown it. So the kind of person that will receive the king's mercy in the end is the kind of person who reflects the king's character, the kind of person who is merciful. And something else just to think about here in this promise back in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 it's that those who are most merciful shall receive mercy. That's a future tense. That's something that will happen in the future. It's, this verse is not just talking about for they have received mercy. It's, it's not saying that you have already received mercy, even though sh- clearly we have, obviously. Um, but this actual promise is about a future event. It's a future promise. You know, we, we've certainly already been shown great mercy Uh, in the work that Christ has done for us and the indwelling of the Spirit that's in our hearts. Let me just read another text for you, and you don't necessarily have to flip to this one, but just kind of illustrating the great mercy that we've been shown in Christ in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm just going to read 4 through 7 here. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So that's just one of many, many texts that talk about the mercy that God showed us through Christ. Uh, But truly, we have been shown a great mercy already Um, But as I said, this is a future promise, and I think it's about a time in the future when those who are full of mercy will be shown an ultimate mercy. Um, I think that uh, ultimately that this is about the time when when Christ will return and stand in judgment as the king, when the king will come to reconcile his accounts with his servants. And then those who have his heart, those who have his character, who are full of mercy and show that mercy to others— they will be the ones who are the king's true servants. They are, they are the ones who, will, who shall receive mercy on that day. The ones whose hearts have been changed to reflect the character of the king, those are his true subjects. But those who have not been changed by God's mercy toward them, they will be given no less than what they deserve. They will not be forgiven the debt that they owe. They shall have to pay it themselves in full. So that's the sobering message that we see when we think about what this is saying here. The merciful will receive mercy, 
But those whose hearts haven't been changed to reflect the character of the king, they will not be shown mercy. So it's a great promise. It's a wonderful promise, but it's a sobering one as well. Um, So just as we close thinking about this text, just a a few words of application. I just want to repeat that we shouldn't see this as a, well, really all of the Beatitudes. We shouldn't see them as like a list of things that we have to do in order to get the promises on the right side. You know, the things on the left side equals the promises on the right side. We shouldn't be thinking about it from left to right. We should be thinking about it the other way around. We should be thinking about it as um, the, the kinds of people who receive God's promises are the sorts of people who have those character traits, but it's not because they did that in order to get God's promises. It's that God has changed them and that that's how they, that's how they are because of the changed heart that God has given to them. So see these not just as things to do, but as character traits to strive for as you chase after the heart of God. Uh, Something else to consider is that we won't get into God's kingdom by trying to do the right things. We will become a part of God's kingdom when our heart is changed to reflect the king's character. And just a practical thing, next time someone wrongs you in in the real world, next time somebody does something to you that really grinds your gears and gets under your skin, and you can't help but think about just telling them exactly what they deserve or giving them a piece of your mind. Think instead about the mercy that the king has shown to you and pass it along. I want to end with a poem that I found that was written by St. Francis of Assisi. It's a really beautiful word. It's called, Lord, Make Me an Instrument. And it goes like this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me show love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Let's pray together. If you found this message helpful, check us out at lucybaptist.com where you can find other resources or learn more about our church. We hope and pray that this message has helped you grow in your knowledge of God and in your relationship with Him.